This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. Cruz with the Comstock Report. Becoming International Disorder with Peter Zeehan, edited by myself. Technology development in the modern world, the current global system, is downright bizarre by historical standards. For the first time, any country can access markets the world over without needing to guard an aspect of its supply chains, and in most cases, even its borders. What had been possible for only major empires of the past can now be the core strategy for countries as diverse and traditionally as weak as Uruguay, Korea, Honduras, Tunisia, and Cambodia. The Bretton Woods rules and the American free traded strategy at its core may be artificial and driven by strategic calculus. They have resulted in the greatest era of peace and prosperity the world has ever known. Everyone can play the game of economic and social development and play in relative safety. It's easy for us to forget how different the past has been. Centuries of technological advances have created possibilities where few or none existed before. Technologies allow people of sufficiently armed with capital to partially overcome their local geography and make it productive. The more difficult that geography, whether it be jungle, mountain, swamp, or desert, the more expensive it is to make it useful, and the more expensive it is to keep it useful. Economic and social developments, then, are about figuring out how to use technology and capital to find out not only what is possible, but also feasible. Economists call this opportunity costs. For example, you may be able to build a road to the top of the mountain to reach a remote chalet, build it strong enough to withstand spring floods, plow it to keep it open in the winter, and repair it and clear it of avalanche debris in the summer. With those same resources, you can build 50 times the length road in flat lowlands and service several tens of thousands of people. Both tasks are possible, but only one is efficient, and a productive use of resources, and therefore the most feasible. The feasibility comes down to money. If you don't have any spare cash, not a lot happens. If you are lucky enough to have access to credit, the question is how much does that access cost you? The lower the cost of credit, the more options within your reach. It isn't really any more complicated than that. If capital is available and affordable, there will be more activity, more consumption, more infrastructure, more development. Every country has a set amount of indigenous or domestic capital that it can apply to its own development. If additional monies can be brought in from the outside, the more development can occur. On a global scale, industrialization allowed potential city sites to import everything they needed, steel, timber, even people, and transport infrastructure to create metropolises from scratch. The old rules of what was possible could be suspended if you were willing to commit enough capital. The maturation of the baby boomer generation flooded an already capital-rich world with a tsunami of money. The aging baby boomer generation produced so much excess capital that the line of development drawn by the industrial age was pushed further back, a lot further. Following the most basic law of economics of supply and demand, the huge volume of capital found it difficult to generate high returns and so surged into any investment opportunity it could find. In the United States, the money found a vast sink on real estate, what in time would become known as subprime. In Europe, the onset of the euro allowed for easy lending policies in the southern European regions that lacked experience in managing large-scale financial success. Many of these imbalances have been built upon themselves, creating houses of geopolitical cards. 
China's ability to tap global markets for imports, exports, and capital has allowed it to expand into a greater industrial power. The consumption is now sufficient to move global markets all by itself. The last 70 years have been incredible, but the trends we have both witnessed and enjoyed are nevertheless temporary, and they are nearly over, but not quite yet. One exception to the rule will be energy supplies sourced from shale in North America. The mix of local political stability, local supply, and local demand will prove the magic mix to uncouple North American oil prices from global pricing patterns, much in the way that the early years of the shale revolution did the same for natural gas prices. Everywhere American power will be overwhelming by its absence for countries like China, which are dependent upon exports to the American market, the pain will be direct and permanent. Others, Central Europe comes to mind, will suffer from a drawl of American military support. Others will have different sorts of dependencies, many of which are overlapping. Recent American involvement in the Persian Gulf has not been in order to secure for its energy supplies for the United States, but instead to supply energy. For its energy starved Bretton Woods partners in Europe and Asia. For 70 years, the world has not had to worry about access to markets or commodity sources. Now it will. If you've been listening to the Comstock Report, for more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.